Once again, to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar, another Oscar race checkpoint with a lot of Guild news and noms coming out, really shaping this Oscars picture for 2022, more so than probably any ORC we've done for this Oscar race thus far. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. Yeah, we got nine Guilds chiming in for what will be 10 Oscar categories that we discussed today. I mean, you got your PGA, your DGA, your WGA, the ace that is Eddie. I mean, they're all here for us to, uh, you know, to discuss kind of, you know, the horse race of this all. We haven't done this in a Mm. while, Mike. Uh, This is a fun episode every year for us. I wish they didn't put it at the end of Sundance, but you're probably glad a little bit because... This doc is like half as long as it would have been if I had more free time. <laughs> the acronym apocalypse. Remember last year's doc? Got. Yes, I did. Last year's doc, I had to give you like a side doc mm-hmm. just to get all the shit out of your head from the first. Yeah, you wanted to kill me. Uh, the, these docs do get longer and longer, and uh, they're usually chock full of stats and information. We we tried to hold off on like the being too stat heavy and just rambling off numbers and we're going to try to like put this as to more a more wholesome look at or a holistic look not wholesome at all not for this show anyway uh, a holistic look as what's going on in the Oscars race with the uh, the horse race aspect of it uh Mike is right in in saying that but it's going to get a little heavy because unwholesome yeah you do see, yeah. I mean we got 10 categories that we're talking about we have a bunch of different guilds a lot of letters that are going to be thrown your way we can start with the biggest of those and the one that's had the biggest impact at least with predicting the best picture winner in the last decade plus or so here the PGA the Producers Guild of America announced their 10 uh the best picture nominees for the PGA awards Mike Yeah, being the Ricardos, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom, West Side Story. I don't want to do a lot of listing because a lot of those names are familiar, but we got to do some listing today. Look at we have the Ace Eddies that are kind of incorporated into this, Mm. and most of these got Ace Eddie nominations, seven of these tens. The three big snubs, West Side Story, Coda, and being the Ricardos were snubs from the editing side of things so we're going to incorporate that but what do you think of this 10 like this 10 is starting to shape up for me at least nine of it nine of the 10 seems very strong but you're talking about being the ricardos being fairly strong for you as i well. think so at least as in terms of making it that finding out that 10th slot I, I thought tick tick boom was like on the back half or like eighth ninth tenth place Tick, Tick, Boom was treated very well by a lot of these guilds yesterday, which makes me think it might be a little stronger. It makes me actually think Andrew Garfield might have a more of a chance in that actor race as well than than people have originally thought. But we've for right now, we've called that a two-horse race between Cumberbatch and uh, Will Smith, at least at this point. But yeah, I, Tick, Tick, Boom is stronger for me. Being the Ricardos in the race is really kind of surprising for me, I, especially with the PGAs. Like, the PGAs went streamer-heavy. And it was surprising mm-hmm. to me to see, like, the people that pocket the most money from these, being the producers that pocket the most money from the money makers, not at all acknowledging the biggest money makers from theatrical exclusive releases. Like, no Spider-Man here, no House of Gucci here. If those people aren't going to recognize and acknowledge the biggest money makers on 
in theaters, I don't know that, I think those campaigns might be dead. I like how you're trying to slip in House, House of, of Gucci, Gucci should, with House Spider-Man of Gucci should have No been. Way Home. House of Gucci should have been in, in this list. In terms of uh, in terms of money makers, are you are you out of your gourd? Uh, your gourd, as they would say in Boston, uh, just because I like Milan, Italy, apparently. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, I think I, I think the box office player as the tenth Oscar nom has definitely weakened. And they're 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 looking at a popular few picks in here, but it's not because of box right. office. I mean, Spider Man No Way No Way Home, No Time to Die. In my mind, those two would be the box office pick at this point. But we have some viewership picks, like The Power of the Dog. Huge viewership on Netflix. Don't look up astronomical viewership on Netflix. Coda was a $25 million buy for Apple that they're still advertising. I'm guessing people are watching it. I'm guessing everybody's mother and father has seen Being the Ricardos and everybody listening to this podcast has been talked to by their parents about being the Ricardos, so that that's also there. Look, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to disparage Dune because Dune made money, and it did probably did well, uh, very well on HBO Max. But these are, like you said, these are streaming players more than anything else. It's hard to gauge, like they're saying on the Big Picture podcast at the Ringer, gauge what is popular down this list. We know West Side Story is not popular, Mike. We know Belfast is not popular. At the box office, licorice pizza, etc. But are they po- are they going to be popular on streaming when they get there? Is Belfast getting all the rentals yet? We don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's obviously I, the the streaming versus theatrical exclusive breakdown. Is it and I, does popularity even matter at this point? I mean, with the box office still being what it is, it's obviously not totally back unless you are a Marvel film at this point. So I, I don't know. Yeah, but we could typically tell. We could typically tell at this point. Like Green Book would have racked up 120 million, and we're like, oh yeah, the industry is giving a big thumbs sure. up over two months sure you know? but i mean that, like i said i don't think those that's in a pre-covid world too you know like that's the, we're not anywhere close to normal as the, I, I don't i still don't think the box office is back as a lot of people on twitter want to keep saying that it is no it's not by the numbers it's not i mean it's still whatever it, it's 60 70 percent right. but i mean I'm, it's dipping again without the the new content even though screen screams doing well we're really happy for that Spider-Man's still holding fairly well. I wonder about that holdovers versus like the dumptuary January. But this is not a box office update. I I will say that the winter box office has typically been Oscar central. It, it really has. So now what does that mean? Everybody's just going to go to their favorite VOD and rent all these movies or obviously their, their favorite streaming service. So... Yeah, maybe the Netflix stop stock drop doesn't mean as much as we think. Or, or here's this, here's this this point. Maybe Netflix, if they go back up again in quarter one of this year, they will factor that in or factor the awards push into why that happened. Maybe, perhaps. Sure. I mean, that has more to do with people kind of like signing up and subscriber base and they're, they're hitting their quotas and their numbers that they project more so than the individual, you know, what kind of titles they have. Although there is obviously the tie in that the titles do drive subscriber bases. But I don't know that Netflix has anything on the horizon that's broadly no, I'm appealing. Saying going back to the don't look up power of the dog, tick, tick, boom. If those do well in the next three months, Netflix is going to be happy. What's do well and, mean? And they're going to factor that in. 
they, they have all these numbers that we don't see these numbers until the end of the year. I mean, they'll give us like the first 10 weeks for some of these uh, in terms of viewerships, but they have the exact numbers. They know exactly mm-hmm. how many clicks they're getting. Do you think those titles are being driven? Like if you're a new subscriber, if you're somebody who actually doesn't have Netflix yet, if such a person exists in this country, are you being driven by those titles? Or are you driven more by the... I mean, I guess The Irishman was like a huge deal for Netflix, obviously, even for a casual viewer. Like, I'm trying, like, I don't know that The Power of the Dog is drawing in any casual viewers. I, I think the Oscar Best Picture winner and the Oscar Best Picture contenders, they draw in some casual viewers every the winner, Oscar yeah, I, would, season. I, I could agree with that. I do yeah. believe, I do believe there's several generations of us who will go to the movies to catch and catch up on these films before the Oscars coming in, coming out. I mean, our, our numbers are affected by that, but I I don't know. I don't know how that's been playing on Netflix. I think it must've been something that, that was a point of emphasis for them because they just been green lighting more and more of these Oscar grabby films, more of these art films. They, they want a steady stream of them on their, on their, you know, their, their service. But you know they keep finding Tiger Kings and Squid right. Games, and they were saying on Big Picture again. I just listened to it before. I'm going to quote them twice early, but Netflix could pivot to that with the hundred million dollar budgets rather than ever put that into a, a an awardsy title like The Irishman they did a couple years ago. Again, you know, I think evidence of that was shown by how they how disinterested they were to get into the bidding for Scorsese's uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's there's real evidence of that and there's proof of that. And it seems like things that grab the zeitgeist lately have been those types of titles, the limited series or the miniseries or like the TV driven stuff more so than the movie. Anything that any streamer has put out in terms of like none of these these it's a strong best picture field. I don't know if it's like one of the strongest ever, but it's a, it's a these are quality, high quality titles. I don't feel like any of these movies have really like seized the zeitgeist the, the maybe the dune See, yeah i mean dune had maybe a couple, don't yeah. look up don't dune and don't look up have are, are like the closest to that level west sure. side story fell on his face tick tick boom was like film twitter obviously yep. power of the dog belfast king richard did spectacularly well at the film festivals mm-hmm. and Power of the Dog has since carried through doing spectacularly well with the critics. King Richard and Belfast hasn't done that with the critics. And all you know, all of these other movies are, are are hits on streaming, I would guess. I I still think the streaming viewership numbers are just, you know, astronomical in most cases. Judging by what Netflix has let us well, see. Being the Ricardo could be could be evidence of that too. Like And Amazon has yeah. two hundred twenty million subs. Yeah, it's crazy, and that's not as much as Netflix now. But it's it's crazy how many subs there are on Amazon. How many are active? How many do it for the shipping? You know, that's the whole thing. That's a whole nother conversation. But so right. being the Ricardos as a tenth nominee, everybody's gonna, you know, deprive it of the factor that that it, that it's not popular. They should pick the Spider Man, or they should pick No Time to Die, or this is where we should pick Drive My Car. Mm-hmm. And, and the international film. And then that might still happen. I, I'm curious at the possibilities, but I wouldn't rule out being the Ricardos as popular. Being the Ricardos, if that was in the movies in 2013, that might have, you know, racked up 60 to 80 million by now. And 
they would probably do another 60 to 80 million over the next two months before before the Oscars date. A movie like that. The uh, the PGA, like we said, has been awfully predictive as far as what's going to win Best Picture, at least in the last 11 years. Nine of the last 11 PGA winners have gone on to win the Best Picture Prize on Oscars Sunday, and it's been 22 of the previous 32 overall. That's a 69 nice percentage crossover there. So the PGA, whatever does win at the PGAs, is obviously going to be quite the indicator for what success may come on the mm-hmm. Oscar stage. The nominations matter as well, but this gets a little confusing with the fact that Oscars Best Pictures eight, nine, or ten in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Not really ten, but in in terms of the last five, forty of the last forty three Oscar Best Picture nominations first got nominated at PGA. So that's that's a huge crossover. Forty of forty three is ninety eighty seven of the last ninety six too. I mean that that that's been a consistent. Cool. That's a consistent. You know. Yeah. It's it's a big deal to be nominated at the PGAs if you want to be in Best Picture field in the Oscars. However, you know before it was ten, it was forty two of fifty one. Mm-hmm. So that's eighty two percent of again. This last five years. So does this PGA ten cross right over? That might happen in in this particular year. But Mike, I, I'm like filled with possibility right now because I do think that it could. be have some variation like we could see something different at BAFTA and then you know because this year's a little out of whack where it didn't go like we didn't get the choice when we should have gotten the choice Mm -hmm. we got you know this Sundance thing happening right now with the guilds what does that do does a player like the worst person in the world come back into the races elsewhere I'm just wondering about the attention of the industry where they're at and they don't have consensus built necessarily like before so that that's it's fascinating house of gucci vetoed by the producers after sag like that's a fascinating development nightmare alley idiots fools nightmare (laughs) nightmare alley is a pundit hit a critic hit and those academics the mbr and afi you know does that come back into play speaking of academics afi nbr the tragedy of macbeth but that hasn't, you know, grabbed hold of anybody yet in terms of the best picture. Can you? Can we reasonably, reasonably predict those as the tenth here? I would be surprised at this point. I, th- I think you're looking at Gucci, Spider-Man, No Time to Die, Drive My Car, being the Ricardos. I, and I would be surprised if a Lost Daughter, or a Flea, or a Macbeth, get or, or gets that tenth spot. I don't know. What do you think in terms of? I mean, I mean, being the Ricardos is in your cap bird seat for that tenth, right? Well, it's I don't see. I mean, being the Ricardos has been treated the kindest by all these guilds, and these guilds are supposed to be the kind of the insight into what's going to come, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I was surprised to see being the Ricardos make the PGA field. Period. I, I I didn't I wasn't crazy about its resume. I mean, I obviously just biased was rooting for Gucci just because an agent of mayhem. But like, there's other titles on here like the lost daughter would have surprised me less than seeing being the ricardos in this pga 10 drive my car would have yeah right i mean but drive my car would have surprised me much less so it's got fans and we know nicole kidman has fans in the acting branch as we've seen i mean at least in the i know the precursors don't have necessarily anything to do with the, the the branch itself but we know nicole kidman has fans in the acting branch we know she's been doing well in the precursors and it's kind of made the kristen stewart inevitability not be a thing how much is that going to translate? Like, there's there's reasons to be bullish on being the Ricardos overall and getting that 10th. I think being the Ricardos was helped most by the PGAs, in my mind. Yeah, and and, and its other guild 
presence helps as well. But anyway, moving to editing a little bit for a second. Belfast Coda, Don't Look Up Dune, King Richard, uh, Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom, all got Ace Eddie Noms. The, the other two were Cruella, go figure. And I would say No Time to Die is a best is a contender, at least for nominations out there. It did very well at BAFTA. It's showing up in certain spots. Uh, the fact that it's in editing here gives it more hope. However, I, I just don't feel the, the groundswell for that as the tenth nom. I, I would be no, I would no. be surprised. Like it's spot like Spider Man, it seems to be getting vetoed for all of the you know, the prestigious the the fact that it's not not prestigious is what I would say. Spider Man it just they know it's a superhero movie and it's a fun superhero movie. It's not a serious superhero movie, right? So I mean Black Panther was a crossover hit. It transcended the genre. Ugh. Damn it. Right? So does Spider Man No Way Home transcend the genre for these guys? I feel I like Spider Man's so. dead, no? I mean, I don't. I, what, how do yeah. you talk yourself into it making the best picture field after the lack so, of success it's had? Yeah, so let's whittle it down. Gucci, Drive My Car, Being the Ricardos. I mean, if, if Macbeth and Nightmare Alley aren't uh, in the mix. Gucci's probably on life support at this point. I mean, it, it seems like there was like a backlash to the, the SAG ensemble now that it landed. So it's, pro- it's probably this 10. It's probably this 10. Unless uh, you want to talk no about Drive die, My Car. Yeah, no, drive my car could come out uh, out of the outside lane still because mm-hmm. it's going to have buzz and the buzz that the everybody in the right. industry's got to see it and when they do see it they really like it and there's a huge international addition to the academy. That's got to that's I mean Nightmare Alley had a big day but it also to me had a day which made it seem like it was far from the be- at least not far but it's one step lower than being in serious consideration for the best picture field. Nightmare Alley is a very good movie, and I know they're publicizing the hell of it right now. You know, Nightmare Alley is getting all kinds of pub, out, and all, and especially in Hollywood. The problem the with where... Nightmare Alley is that it could have taken the mad. I mean, it could have been a, a poor man's version of Mad Max, and that like it could have ridden the success of or or Ford v Ferrari. Like it could have ridden the technical success, except that Dune has all those lanes covered before it. Dune definitely has those lanes covered. Uh, Nightmare Alley, getting the WGA, getting the cinematography. Yeah, I think it's it's more of a, pl- a production design. It's more of a player than uh, you know than I feared it would it would fell it would have fallen off by now because mm-hmm. it's such a soul crushing film about self destruction that I, I have a lot of respect for as a noir, but I don't I don't want to watch it ever ever again. <laughs> so that. <laughs> And I have a world of respect for Guillermo del Toro. Again, it's one of my favorite Guillermo movies. Uh, I don't know. But does my rewatchability for Nightmare Alley matter at all? I don't right. It probably does not. It's it's going to do well technically. I mean, I, I expect to see it gain a couple noms. And we're going to talk about some other guilds and where it's it's showed up and did well. I didn't expect it with the WGAs. But everybody's yelling about how big of a mess the WGAs are anyway with all the films that weren't eligible. Although I think that's a little overblown in and of itself. But... I, I, it's, there's there's a lot of questions, but I, I, this category, Best Picture in this PGA 10, is kind of a, a microcosm of how I feel about a lot of these guilds and how I like my fear for what our nomination prediction show is going to be. I just feel like as far as noms go, it's going to be a lot of chalk. I don't think we're going to get a lot of a ton of Oscar or nomination day surprises. 
I think I'm picking the PGA 10 at the end of the day. I might too. I think that's where I'm leaning. Will I get a little squirrely and pick drive my car? Maybe I'll rewatch it before then. I don't know. Uh, how weak do you think West Side Story is? West Side Story had a rough guild few days there. The Ace Eddie snub may really hurt. It's high on pundit. So if fives. you're gonna if you're gonna kill West Side Story for the Ace Eddie snub, don't you have to take Tick Tick Boom as seriously as you have for a Best Picture contender thus far? I mean, I know it made as a, a comedy contender musical, as a nom. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's a nom. Like I think it's in the field now, and I was getting a lot of crap on Twitter for saying that. But like, I, it it shocked me in how many guilds it showed up on, and mm-hmm. it being in the PGA ten, I think is kind of a, a holistic. Like I, I like that word today. Apparently, it's it's if you look at its resume overall and how it did with the guilds, I think yeah, no kidding, it showed up in the PGA tens because it did well in every other guild as well. I think the industry. Like, a lot of different guilds, a lot of different sections of the Academy obviously hold this movie in high regard. Higher regard than we would have thought of going into yesterday, at least. Yeah, I feel a bit validated uh, in terms of the rants that Andrew and I went on about Tick, Tick, Boom being a sneaky contender three and four I'm surprised ago. by it. Yeah, I was not. Yeah. I, I thought, I mean, the momentum, and this is me being too far into film Twitter, but if you had told me going into Thursday that this was only going to be, like, a Garfield nom, and that was going to be the lone representative, I wouldn't have been able to fight that yeah yeah i mean it's it's been playing down the card in certain spots but it's been spotty in terms of its resume so i i agree that it it's not like the slam dunk so if the if the academy gets wonky and they and they surprise us tick tick boom might be vulnerable I just hope West Side Story is vulnerable. That's That'd the nice, villain. Yeah. <laughs> That's the villain for us. So, yeah, I, I think that editing hurts it as a best picture contender. But I think the, I mean, it circles back to for me to the box office. So West Side Story is down on people's lists because it kind of flopped on its face, and I think that matters to the industry. And that's that's tangible, tangible evidence for the industry, no matter how good the superlatives of the technical categories are for West Side Story. That matters. Yeah, but Spielberg making the DGA to me. I, I mean, I can't. If you're going to hold Spielberg in that high of regard, I can't see you. I can't see the Academy as a whole turning its back on, especially when you have that static 10 nominations I don't think it's picture. getting snubbed, yeah. but I, I thought it was going to be a 13-nom juggernaut, and it still could be, but I don't, I don't know if it's that level of film anymore, West Side Story. And I think we're both probably grateful for that because we don't we don't love the movie, but it's interesting. It's interesting to follow. I, I, I am in a good mood, let's just say, because of this. And uh, otherwise, I would say Dune, Power of the Dog, they're pretty entrenched in editing in terms of the most critic awards. They're kind of been splitting the critics. Belfast and Don't Look Up, uh, they're very high on, on pundit lists with editing. Otherwise, I thought it was a fascinating tactical move because every pundit told me it was a fascinating tactical move <laughs> that the Netflix contingent put all their movies in the comedy side of the Ace Eddies, which is not always the side that pulls through. But we have a bunch of Netflix films in the comedy side. And Netflix is probably being as seriously taken for it. They got to be chomping their at the bit right now. They got to be happy as, as anything that they are kind of doing as well as they are. They have the legitimate front runner in a lot of categories in power of the dog. They have what seems to be at least, I would say they're going to get minimum two best picture yeah. contender nominees as locks right now may probably three. So probably three, I, I think they got to be pretty, pretty damn happy in whatever they're doing this year. 
seems to be working. So, I mean, you can't really criticize them going that, that route with the Ace Eddies. This just dawned on me, by the way. West Side Story not getting an Ace Eddie. Is that because of the Golden Globes tweet about uh, laughter being the best medicine? West Side Story is your best comedy or musical winner. Is that because, like, did people say, oh, yeah, that movie's about as funny as a car crash. Uh, let's <laughs> let's never speak of it with the terms comedy attached to it again. I heard The Martian was pretty funny back in the day, yeah. <laughs> the Martian made me laugh, uh, I mean, so many more times than West Side knee Story, slapper. which made me laugh Truly zero knee times. slapper, yeah. All right, let's circle back to the PGA quick for animated. They've had 12 of the last 16 animated feature Oscar winners crossover, and we got uh, a five that makes some sense this year. Encanto, Luca, The Mitchells versus The Machines, Raya, and Sing 2. We have Snubs and Flea, Belle, My Sonny Mod, Vivo. Only one of those is, is a movie I'm sure was eligible was flea even eligible it got a pga doc nom bells my sunny modder international films i'm not sure if they were in in this mix or what this looks like another case that it could be all chalk i mean may, short of flea and maybe some noise from bell that a lot of critics have liked would not be also that surprising for me to see that this five that the pga put for animated feature ends up being the five that get nominated in animated feature come oscars sunday i mean encanto mm -hmm. luca the mitchell's version machine ryan the last dragon those four movies, so the four that aren't Sing 2 in the PGA animated feature category, they also carry Golden Globes and Critics' Choice noms in the animated feature. So, I mean, as far as any precursors go, those four seem like locks. And then you can talk about Sing 2 or Flea or Bell or Money, My Sunny Mod, which carried the other the Golden Globe nom there. I think four of these five positions are locked down, and I would not be surprised at all to see Sing 2 locked down the fifth. I'm curious at how strong Sync 2 is. It seemed to be a movie that audiences enjoyed. Mm -hmm. You have a, a young niece and nephew. Has your niece asked you to watch Sync 2 with her yet? She rewatched Sing a lot just because of the marketing, and she's been inundated with it. I know that. She's like, that's definitely had an effect on her. She yeah. likes rewatching Sing, but I don't think, I don't know if she's taken the dive to see Sync 2 yet, though. Yeah, that's what I'm curious. Because if all the parents get forced to rewatch that movie in the in the branch, <laughs> again and again and again and again, maybe they like it. Maybe they like all the music. Maybe it's easy in the background, kind of, you know, a babysitter for the kids. All right, Michael DGA, you you just hinted at uh, Steven Spielberg uh, helping the West Side Story case. He is the fifth nom there alphabetically. Otherwise, Belfast Kenneth Branagh, uh, Dunes Denis. Villeneuve, uh, Licorice Pizza's PTA, and The Power of the Dogs, Jane Campion. That is the five in the main category. We got Maggie Gyllenhaal, Rebecca Hall, Tatiana Huezo, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Michael Sarnaski are the five from the best first feature coming from The Lost Daughter, Passing, Prayers of the Further Stolen, Tick, Tick, Boom, and Pig. My auctioneer voice is not very good. Michael, what do you think <laughs> of DGA? There seemed to be a consensus for uh, Paul Thomas Anderson was was the one that people weren't pinned down on. He takes that fifth spot, uh, but otherwise, Brennan Villeneuve, Jane Campion, Steven Spielberg were talked about kind of regularly in terms of the uh, director category. The DGA bears that out. PTA gets the fifth slot. I, I was I wonder how close Lin Manuel was, considering how well Tick Tick Boom did in the guilds. I wonder 
uh, how close Maggie Gyllenhaal was, considering she got the Golden Globe nom. And the DGAs are not scared to nominate the first-time director in the DGA, the big DGA five. I mean, they've done it. They did it with yeah. Bradley Cooper. They did it with uh, George. I think it was Bradley Cooper off the top of my head. I know they did it with Jordan Peele. So they're not. It's not one of those cases like the Baptist sometimes does, where like if you make that breakthrough, you're not going to be in any other category. That's kind of your moment. So I, again. Otherwise, and overall, kind of chalky, I would say, as far as yeah. noms and expected noms. Yeah, I would agree. I, I thought it was cool to see four of the five first features coming from Netflix. Yeah, I don't know if Lin Manuel Miranda is, you know, it, he had a chance in the other category. I don't know if Gyllenhaal had a chance in the other category, but we've seen we've seen that best first feature category also rob the main category in the past, like Regina King. Mm-hmm. So. And, and she was kind of slated in people's director fives for the longest time missing. I, I don't, it, it's hard to read in terms of nominations from the DGA. What's not hard to read is their winner crossover. DGA is 16 of the last 18 by my quick count this morning. Uh, they're, they're not as strong in terms of the nomination. They're 37 of the last 50 uh, in terms of crossover on the nomination side. So DGA... It, it matters because that branch is, is very similar to the to the guild in terms of votership. And winner. I mean, there's only been eight times in the history of the DGA Award has the winner of the DGA not won the Oscar. Yeah, that's good crossover. It's that's not. that's good crossover <laughs> loving right there. It's good meat. Uh, <laughs> this, this is the first time in DGA history, Mike. That we've had women nominated in back-to-back years, which is even more incredible when you consider, like, there were plenty of years where there was, like, 18 films nominated, 16 films nominated at the DGAs that were all helmed by men. So, like, hey, great job, DGA, for finally having Chloe Zhao last year and Jane Campion this year, but also... It's 2022. What what the fuck are we talking about? Like what what? It took until now to have women nominated in back to back years. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, it's <laughs> it's what we feared. It's what uh, truthfully, it's what we feared this year with the man lash. We knew that was coming. The white Ugh. man lash was coming. We predicted it this time last year. Unfortunately, because we saw them moving all their stuff around and. Yeah, so that's happening. However, Jane Campion being a, a front runner here is cool. I guess it's better than not. Maggie Gyllenhaal is she still alive as a best director nominee? She's gotten a lot of love in the precursors. The, like I said, the nominees rare, but we haven't seen a five for five in a while from DGA, at least in the last five years, because I counted them. I think we're going to have some variation. I mean, Thomas Vinterberg came off the top rope last year. Mm-hmm. Is that Hamaguchi's spot this year from Drive My Car? Guillermo del Torrio is is interviewing, uh, or is getting interviewed by everybody. Adam McKay, Joe Cohen. But the problem is, like the next, you know, four probably guys. Sean Heater is the next best chance for the ladies. Julia Duker now should be here. Damn it. She's in my five. <laughs> like, I just thought, like... The, the, she certainly that, got I the mean, biggest terms, balls out of any of these people. <laughs> yeah, that, that directorial job was... Like, I have never felt that many feelings of dread, mostly. Mm-hmm. But Fear, she anxiety. made me feel. And that's that's a director's composition that, that, that makes that happen. 
I, I would be I would be surprised if the DGA five crossed over exactly to the Oscars five, but I guarantee you everybody's going to pick it. So it seems like those the, the, it seems like director has four slots at least to me in stone in, as close to in stone as you can at this point. I mean Chadwick Boseman last year makes me fear ever calling anything in stone <laughs> again. But Branagh, Villeneuve, Campion, and Spielberg seem to be for months now, at least the last two months, like the director four. Yeah. So would you be more surprised if there's a five for five crossover? Would you be more surprised if one of those four don't make it to the Oscars nominating field? I think PTA could get pushed towards the. I agree. I think he's. I think he's the most most vulnerable of those five. But I don't think, like again, Branagh, Villeneuve, Campion, Spielberg. You think they're they're in the Oscars field? They love Spielberg. Are they ever gonna? Is I mean, look, Spielberg's fallen off before. He's fallen off before in terms of he's one of the few winners of the DGA who didn't win Oscar for the Color Purple, mm-hmm. etc. So, I mean, he's he's been lavished before, and maybe this movie gets vetoed. It's getting vetoed. Maybe that is happening. The, the, what's going to be fascinating to watch is the public's response to West Side Story when West Side Story is put onto streaming services. Does, does that may factor in? Because West Side Story may, may get a late bump if it starts making bigger money when it's available for 20 bucks or 7 bucks or whatever they do with it. I just think that matters. That's going to be my thesis for today. I think some of these... I think the money matters a little bit, but I, I, I think you're putting a lot of stock into second run money. And that's, 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 I don't know that I, I mean, does any branch of the Academy give a shit about second run money other than producers I'm thinking about tiebreakers? Cause I do think there's a lot of close races out here is Spielberg. If, if West side story flops, let's just say, let's put it this way. If it flops uh, as a $20 VOD, that's where I'm curious does that even that does that hurt them even more? And Searchlight's like, well, I'm not going to push that push it that hard anymore. I'm not interested. Nobody seems to be interested. Then it may fall out, fall off, mm, and I it may get that. much less. That's because it's it's like a bit of a domino effect. I mean, the ecosystem system isn't the same, but it still is driven by 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 money. And that second wave income usually happened in theaters. Now it's happening on you know your Amazon or your Apple. TV kind of thing. They should know. they should put a blue dot over Ansel Elgort's face for all of his <laughs> scenes. So Sean Heater from Coda, Adam McKay from Don't Look Up, Guillermo del Toro always got to factor him in, or Hamaguchi. Who would steal the fifth spot, and would they steal it from P- PTA, who is beloved by this Academy? If he's, I, I think so. I think he's the most vulnerable of those five. I could see him being there on Oscar Sunday. Maggie Gyllenhaal, too. I'm sorry. But go ahead. <sighs> My gut says McKay, only because don't look up for some reason. Like, it, it hasn't had a lot of success, but it's just been in everyone's best picture lists. Wow. And if so, yeah. if that's going to be the case, then you have to think that McKay's being taken pretty seriously at some point, right? I mean, he's the driving force behind that movie. I could see that. I could totally see that. I'm not going to... I'm not going to commit to anything now. I'll tease my, I'll tease my variation on the next show because I don't think I'm picking the DGA five. I'm going to zig when everybody else is zagging on that one. I might be uh, boring. I might just do it. I mean, I I really yeah. because PTA seems like because he's such a lock in original screenplay, which is where we're going next, and we're going to talk about the WGAs. Right? Why wouldn't he get 
you know, we saw it with Jordan You're Peele. Probably we've seen right. it with a bunch of we've seen it with a bunch of other guy, uh, people over the last couple of years. But I didn't love the movie, so I, why do I want? <laughs> so no, I want it, excuses to not pick it. <laughs> I want excuses not to pick it, and I want to keep this tease alive. I like to tease the audience once in a while. We rarely do it. We're very dry. Go and, for it. And now I'm I'm teaseful, which is not a word. Michael, original screenplay at the WGA's ineligibility is perhaps the the headline right now because Belfast uh, is is a major contender in this category. Power of the Dog will be a major contender and adapted. Neither are eligible. Otherwise, ineligible. We have. A Hero, Hand of God, Parallel Mothers, Annette Mass, The Worst Person in the World, Pig to Ten. Thank you, NBP. And thank you, Awards Watch, Eric Anderson, who said, and, and, and drew this out very clearly, since the WGA is a signatory guild, you cannot be nominated without being a member uh, as the organization created its awards specifically for its members and those who write under its jurisdiction. Quentin Tarantino, of course, being the most famous mm-hmm. non-WGA member in our last few years, Michael. As far as crossover, 24 of the last 37 WGA winners won original screenplay. 25 won either Oscar. Uh, Moonlight, obviously, back in the day, had some category confusion there where it won, what did it win, adapted at WGA and then original at, uh, at Oscars? Right. I can't remember. Is that what happened? Yeah, it, it was. A, I don't. No, now it's like sound editing, sound mixing. I got. I know. I know. <laughs> we, what happens is like uh, we we do all this research and it just gets jumbled at this point. So I can't keep That's anything right. straight, to be honest. It w- Moonlight won a screenplay WGA, <laughs> and then it won, and the then other it won a screenplay Oscar. <laughs> yeah, it won WGA, and then whatever it won at WGA, it won the other one at the Oscars. I think it won original at WGA and adapted at the Oscars. Yeah, I think that's we'll, we'll go with that, and if we're wrong, yell at us. Uh, the five WGA original screenplay noms this year, being the Ricardos, Aaron Sorkin, there it is again. Don't look up Adam McKay, there he is again. The French Dispatch, Wes Anderson, Roman Coppola, Hugo Guinness, and Jason Schwartzman. King Richard, Zach Balin, get some love and licorice pizza. Paul Thomas Anderson, probably the leader in this category right now. So who kind of benefited from Belfast not being here and from maybe a hero, Oscar Farhadi's beloved by the Academy? I don't know what other... I mean, Parallel Mothers is on a lot of people's fives, even though I still think the the lack of of an international feature path for Parallel Mothers is hurting it. There's There's an international tilt that this category could go mm-hmm. at the Oscars. My guess is that, you know, we're actually seeing opportunity built up for a couple of these movies to kind of jump into more of a higher consistency in original screenplay. I think they're going to get four out of this five. I think French Dispatch falls off. And then we have Ricardo's Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and Belfast. That's my guess. I think that's fairly strong because those are contenders, right? This category to me is when Larry Bird walked into the locker room when he was in that three-point contest and asked everyone, all right, who, you all know you're playing for second place, right? Like, <laughs> Licorice Pizza has been such a front-runner in this category that it the only one of these five that has more than one critic circle win in original screenplay is Don't Look Up, and that has a whole two. I mean, being, yeah. being the Ricardos, uh, the French Dispatch, and King Richard all have one each. Licorice Pizza to me is, is the... I, I think... Pig might be hurt the most by not being here because something needed to step up in Belfast's absence. And Pig actually has the third most critic circle awards, the critic circle wins for original screenplay. It would have been nice to see it maybe try to make some noise and try to make this a real race, but it wasn't to be. 
I, I would be surprised if Liquor's Pizza doesn't end up winning this. Come on, come on. Last night in Soho, Spencer, our snubs that were eligible here. I still think it's going to be an international film. If this if this category is crashed, it's going to get crashed by an international film like A Hero, perhaps. But uh, Belfast is the lone standout there that we're waiting on because it won the Globe and because it, you know, maybe it, it takes momentum again from the festivals and it resurges with something like the Critics' Choice Awards. We've seen the Critics' Choice Awards not go with the quote-unquote critics' scoreboard favorite and pivot back to something that's not winning a ton of critical awards but that critics were high on. We've seen it happen with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Michael, I wonder if Belfast is that movie with the choice uh, you know, in a couple, you know, early March there. But th- does it matter at that point? That's that's because we're gonna get a surge. We're gonna get another movie surging from another lane. Like the Academy lane is 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 gonna be open, and then the Critics lane is reopened with the Critics' Choice being on that date. That's what's so interesting about this calendar and this category may may factor in like Belfast regardless of it not being at the WGAs may win a critics choice here who or whoever wins the critics choice I'm exp- here. are you are you talking like you don't think Belfast is a lock for a nomination in this category I think it's a lock for a nomination I think whoever well, so wins I, the I, critics I, choice I is agree with you but it, put back in play if you're going to say this is going to be crashed by... So you you think two of these are going to be very vulnerable. I agree that the French Dispatch is probably the most vulnerable. So which of Licorice Pizza, King Richard, Don't Look Up, and Bingley Ricardo's, if it's going to be replaced, gets replaced by something in another Oh, another nom? Or something. No, I don't... Th- I'm not talking about it that way. I think this category is more opened up in terms of the winner than, we, than we'd think. And I think something like Belfast... I see. ...could... Or, or Don't Look Up, for that matter... If it did win here, if it did win Critics' Choice, it might win here. Next thing you know, you got momentum. Shit. You are desperate to have Licorice Pizza be ignored. <laughs> I'm saying he's he doesn't, he's got to win. He's, the wins are going to matter in original screenplay, and the win in this WGA is going to matter. And, and we've seen that is... happen before. I think there is an inevitable coronation aspect to this, and PTA has survived his lumps thus far. Yeah. And I think if we can give him the screenplay Oscar and not give him the uh, the director Oscar, that works. So we can call him an Oscar winner still. I think this is this is lining up for a, a prototypical win where the director is the writer director, but they don't he doesn't have, they don't have to be recognized in the directing category. Could be. I mean, I have uh, all my problems with that script. Yeah, but, I don't uh, blame you. Some great I mean, they're, scenes. They're well founded. They're well founded <laughs> problems. But yeah. Great scenes, but uh, all right, let's move on to adapted screenplay. And again, I think the story, you know, starts with the ineligibles. The Power of the Dog, Jane Campion, ineligible. Passing, The Lost Daughter, Drive My Car, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Benedetta, Zola, Cyrano. Those are the other ineligibles. Lost Daughter, A Lot of Love, Passing. You know, we just saw them both find find their way into the scripter. Drive My Car has been winning all the critics associations. And, of course, The Power of the Dog is the leader on the scoreboard, Mike, we do have, you know, this category, just like the last one, somehow 
There is a crossover still. 25 of the last 37 adapted winners won the Oscar. 19 of the last 25, which is the same as original. 19 of the last 25 WGA nominees on in the adapted side went over. I guess, you know, if you count Moonlight, you got to count Moonlight into one of those, Mike. Mm-hmm. So it was 20 out of 25. <laughs> Some way or another, someone smarter than 30, us Moonlight. Yeah. 39 out of the last 50 screenplay categories uh, nominees in the last five years first got nominated at WGA. So that's still a strong crossover considering the fact that so many are ineligible each year. Coda from Sean Heater uh, is here. Dune as well. Nightmare Alley, Tick, Tick, Boom, and West Side Story. Those are your five in the WGA adapted screenplay category. I had people yelling at me on Twitter that Tick, Tick, Boom's being nominated here doesn't really matter in light of the big ineligibles, power of the dog amongst them. And I think my rebuttal would be mainly that I'm not convinced Tick, Tick, Boom is in fifth place in this category. And right, because I think you can make rallies coming in. Yeah. Right. I mean, you could make the argument that even in head to head amongst those that were ineligible, I think Tick, Tick, Boom has a better resume to get here than something like Cyrano or passing. I mean, if you want to argue apples to apples with the lost daughter and drive my car, Okay, I'm willing to concede. I'm willing to concede drive my car. I think you could have an interesting conversation between The Lost Daughter and Tick, Tick, Boom and as far as resumes and which one would be here were they both eligible. But what's important about the WGA, as we've been talking about recently, is it's less important the caliber and the cachet of the film that is ruled ineligible. What's important about the WGA films are the films that show up because the WGAs in recent years especially have provided like this kicking off point in terms of momentum. That's the case you were just trying to make about the critics' choice in the original screenplay category. The WGAs have created this this platform to have this momentum start and carry through Oscar Sunday in recent years. It does matter. It still matters. And the fact that these uh, other films and other screenwriters are not members of the guilds and their films are not eligible. That also matters. It mattered Mm -hmm. to Tarantino on Mm -hmm. on that high profile stage, but it's also mattered when you look back at the card and that stat I just read 20 out of the last 25 nominees crossing over that tells you that's just as strong a crossover as most other crossover stats we do. So Coda Dune, West Side Story, they have the best resumes of this five, I would say. Nightmare Alley and Tick, Tick, Boom do not have super strong screenplay resumes. Now, we were kind of thinking they were going to battle it out, and I mentioned it last week. House of Gucci could continue its reign of terror. The Tragedy of Macbeth (laughs) was a a winner. Yes, (laughs) The Tragedy of Macbeth was like an NBR screenplay winner. So could it come back in and factor in here? I knew those four were kind of battling for for two spots. I knew a couple more were were in the mix, like a no way home, uh, like a like a no time to die, for instance. But Dune and Power of the Dog have no misses, pretty much. They have everything. Otherwise, you know, Power of the Dog, uh, this 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 part excluded. Dune has no misses, and Power of the Dog has one miss with WGA, but it has the twenty eight wins. Uh, otherwise, with the critics, tick tick boom. Passing, you know, they both have one, you know, they both have two big yeses. Lost Daughter has a big resume, especially with like Gotham and Venice. 
not eligible here at the WGA. So I, it's hard to power rank this category. It's much harder to power rank the adapted side than the original side, in my opinion, as you get down to those last three, because Drive My Cart is such a wild card with the eight, eight critics' wings, mm-hmm. and you got some big names like a Guillermo del Toro involved down, down the list. Guillermo del Toro clearly has his fans in a lot of these different guilds, and that maybe Nightmare Alley does have a bigger... Oscars nomination record than we expect just because of that. I mean, uh, the movie stands on its own, but it's still the fact that it's a Guillermo del Toro helmed thing written and directed obviously is going to play some kind of role. I mean, it, it could help. And he's highly respected in a couple big guilds. Jane Campion being the favorite from the critics in this category, it comes back to that critics choice win. she may, she may be primed for a sweep regardless of the WGA, but this is what's, interesting i gotta stop saying interesting it's just a tepid phrase but it is interesting to me because she is probably going to get a boost with the critics choice being so late no matter what she's winning the critics choice adapted screenplay uh, right i mean she's running away with the category on uh, from for all the critics scoreboard and those critics are in the broadcast (laughs) association there so whether, regardless of whether or not she wins BAFTA and she can't win WGA, I wonder if we're going to have multiple contenders heading into Oscar night or if she's she's still going to sweep. I mean, we'll have two at the very least, but... Who's number two, Dune? Well, Dune in terms of nominations, correct. Dune has a choice, a WGA, a scripter, and a BAFTA long list. So Dune being here, I mean, is this going to be a parasite once upon a time in Hollywood situation? Can Dune get propelled by winning the WGA here? If Dune wins, I, I mean, Dune's going to win a couple undercard category. It Dune is a, an impossible adaptation, so maybe yeah. the writers give give that to uh, Villeneuve for degree of di- difficulty in Mister Space. And if they there. do that, and then you're talking about Dune being like this three or four Oscar winner, is that going to be enough to have Dune be an upset Best Picture winner too? I have always thought Dune has better Best Picture chances, you know, than than most people are giving it credit for. That mm. might be the default popular pick at the end of the day. Everybody likes Dune. And it's it's rare for a first film, especially a mm-hmm. first film that you know ends on such an incomplete moment, you know, part. Uh, it's a not a cliffhanger, but it's like <laughs> all right, we're getting a second movie. I would be surprised that a, that the first film wins and not the second. But the way that like if Dune was a completed film or completed story, I should say, I would totally be all over it right now as a best picture favorite. Same. I really would. I've always kind of thought it was like a two towersy type thing, but maybe it's yeah. Maybe it does get. I mean, it's it's gonna win a couple undercard categories. Maybe it, it's I, gonna I, win. Power of the Dog is so is such the favorite in this category, though. That may, it's gonna be. It is gonna be interesting. Interesting is a good word for this category. Interesting is a word that uh, we're bringing back. Mm-hmm. We're bringing back on Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Ugh, terrible. Uh, Ann Thompson's <laughs> going to be mad at us. Uh, cinematography, Mike, we'll go a little faster through the rest of this undercard, but there's some cool stuff to talk about. Cinematography, we haven't talked about a lot of it. This is from the American Society of Cinematographers, and before you think that the American Society of Cinematographers would not have non-Americans uh, involved they have 1917, British film, Cold War, The White Ribbon. Those are recent winners at the ASCs uh, in the recent in the last 10 years. But they got a great 
track record in the last five years, Mike. 22 of the last 25 nominations also got Oscar noms. Uh, Six of the last 10 winners crossed over, but 22 of 25, that's strong. Very strong indeed. And the uh, nominees for the ASC here are The Tragedy of Macbeth. It has six critic wins on its resume. Dune, this is one of the category. Dunes is the favorite. And it has 14 critics wins. Second, though, Power of the Dog also has 13 critic wins. Nightmare Alley has two critic wins. Belfast is here as well. It's a BAFTA long list and Critics' Choice nominee, as are the other four movies in this category. So this is a strong five. Macbeth, Dune, Alley, Dog, Belfast. That's a strong five. They might get five out of five. West Side Story was kind of the biggest snub, I would say, mm-hmm. because of the Critics' Choice nom. Even though the Green Knight had, you know, in terms of the critics, they love that with six mm-hmm. critics wins. I-, I like how they do the spotlights with Titan, Pig, and Jockey. You yep. know, shout out there. That that's that's a really cool addition. Otherwise, how many black and white cinematography noms are we gonna get? Like, come on, <laughs> come on. Like this, unfortunately, like passing is in trouble now. Spencer is in trouble now because they don't have BAFTA long list. They don't have this. I was hoping Spencer's in trouble for a lot of reasons. Spencer's getting vetoed veto. It's getting the veto stamp. I'm, I'm not that surprised, but dude, I am. I I didn't think heavy lies the head that wears any crown. Uh, drive my car. I heard some people lamenting the fact that that cinematography is not here. But No Time to Die, Cyrano, Don't Look Up, Last Night in Soho, The French Dispatch, Last Duel, House of Gucci, Licorice Pizza, all snubs that uh, got BAFTA longlisted. So those are still alive at BAFTA. Otherwise, I, I like this five. I, I'm probably going with this five. Macbeth, Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and Belfast. I wonder how I, mean, I would say this category right now looks like it's between Dune and, pa- Dude, Dune and Power of the Dog. I wonder if this is going to be one of those categories on Oscar Sunday that's one of those precursors and foreboding and foreshadowing of things to come in the, the bigger categories. Yeah. With I, those two movies going head to head here. Well, we'll vote maybe. it down here. You know, may, it's either going to be, we'll vote it here because we can't vote it up the card or we'll vote it here as a show of strength. And that'll prove what's going on up the card. Kind of again, like a parasite thing. The Oscars puzzle theory works sometimes. And sometimes we, we go against it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 60% of the time. Uh, let's go to the Costume Designers Guild, Michael. <laughs> yeah, it is the Sex Panther of our uh, <laughs> of our references. Costume Designers Guild, three categories at the CDGs. The first is excellence in sci-fi fantasy film. Uh, you have Dune, The Green Knight, The Matrix Resurrection, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Spider-Man No Way Home, and The Suicide Squad, Mike. We basically have Dune as the the big resume costumes contender from the sci-fi category, I'd say. Excellence in contemporary film read like this, Coming to America, Don't Look Up, In the Heights, No Time to Die, and Zola. Cool costumes in Zola. I don't, I, uh, Coming to America, we made comments on a previous episode about that making uh making some noise i don't you know gun to my head or any of those going to be showing up at the end of the day maybe coming to america i could see ruthie carter obviously has the legacy there's a legacy idea attached to that ip as well wouldn't shock me to see that well contemporary typically has more sway right uh than than this necessarily right but period film is where it's at uh, Cruella, Cyrano, House of Gucci, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. We know the Fifi people 
at the Oscars, and I'm one of them, uh, love themselves some period pieces. You really love. <laughs> We, we, I'm a Fifi man. I'm just a Fifi well, no, man. Sure, I love your, the your period love for concept. period pieces is is one of the more surprising things about this podcast for me. I I would not have pegged you as somebody who loves lush flowing gowns and corsets. I like to keep people on their toes. I guess, <laughs> or maybe I, I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm drawn to it. I I do think um, West Side Story, Dune, Cruella, Nightmare Alley. These are major contenders. Uh, still, they all got choice. They all got guild uh we don't have a lot to go on with costumes right now put gucci in <laughs> there's a, a lavish costumes so yes if nothing uh, else it's cruella, a gucci movie dune and cruella are winning from the critics scoreboard there mike i uh I, I I like these five in in the period film i wonder if cyrano coming out late that is a true late breaker this year and the costumes do look gorgeous. Yeah. Is it too repetitive, you know, in terms of stuff we've seen nominated before? Or is there an opening for it in this particular year? Like a Cyrano doesn't look like West Side Story, Dune, Corella, or Nightmare Alley costumes. Maybe, it, maybe say, it does you're factor gonna, in. You're going to yell at, at Cyrano for being too repetitive, but Dune, a movie in which everyone is literally wearing repetitive costumes... In mass. <laughs> They're functional, though. The functionality is like Nolan Batman. Uh, people, again, Dark Knight, always come back to the Dark Knight. Uh, I don't know. I don't Dune know. could I, be we, Mad we, Max we Redux. I mean, Dune could really do like what Mad Max tried to do during its year, or Fury Road tried to do during its year, except cap it off with a Best Picture win because I, it, it could be that open this year. I'm not sleeping on Dune right now. Yeah. Uh, We'll move on to sound design. We got two uh, guilds factoring in. The MPSE, the Motion Picture Sound Editing Guild, they put on the Golden Reel Awards. And we got the Cinema Audio Society for sound mixing. Why would the- they separate? Yeah. If you have these two guilds, like, why do this? I'm, o- I'm only complaining to people who cover this stuff like us right now. But this, you had the two Oscar categories to represent the two guilds. Why would you supplement? Sup- whatever. Go ahead. Well, I'm kind of interested in the fact that more becomes less. That's why I like the covering these guild noms from a lot of these artists. It's just so confusing. Like, yes, but it's kind of cool when ten becomes five. Like that's just like a de- death match. They gotta knock each other off, and we like competitive stuff like that. I want more of the Oscar season to become that. I wish they would get their shit together and kind of give that to me. I want 50, becoming 25, becoming 10, becoming 5. You know, becoming 1. Dune's winning There can this only category. be 1. <laughs> <laughs> Dune's probably winning this category, indeed. And you're, we're going to kind of power rank these from uh, the Oscar shortlist, which is 10, uh, and via the Golden Reel Awards, which is the sound editing. So we have Dune, Matrix Resurrections, and A Quiet Place Part 2. Those all got three Golden Reel noms. Uh, Dune, obviously, it is the frontrunner, and it's further established as the overall frontrunner. It has five wins on the season, no misses yet. It also has a Cinema Audio, Audio Society nomination and a spot on the BAFTA long list. That's why we call it the frontrunner. As for the Matrix and Quiet Place sequels, they did make... BAFTA short, uh, long list. It's kind of a short long list, though, but all right. But failed to <laughs> One gain... One might call it a long short list, Mike. <laughs> the long short list make no sense. They are short. 
Most of them are... Sh- anyway, the <laughs> Matrix and Quiet Place sequels did not get CAS sound mixing nominations, uh, but they did get Golden Reels. No Time to Die probably has the next strongest sound resume because it had more Golden Reels, two sound, uh, Golden Reels, one CAS, and BAFTA. Otherwise, we have The Power of the Dog and West Side Story. They also have strong cases for best sound with single noms for editing, mixing, and they are on the BAFTA long list or the short list or the short long list, the long short list. That's four films with no real misses yet in Dune, No Time to Die, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story, and those are four films you'll probably find uh, come our Oscar nomination prediction show, at least on my list for this category. How brazen does one have to be to go away from those four? <laughs> no time to die, power of the dog, West Side Story, knowing what little we know about the sound category. <laughs> I would agree with you. However, the fifth is up for interpretation because Spider-Man No Way Home, not eligible for BAFTA, but it did get sound mixing guild noms. Uh, Bel- Belfast, Last Night in Soho, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, all on BAFTA's list. One sound editing nom a piece but all three there they missed in sound mixing so they, they you know you got an open fifth slot i would say what i'm not i don't mean to speak disparagingly but belfast for best sound yeah the yeah, riot scenes kind of I the guess? roma thing yeah. yeah the riot scenes all right the sound editing branch loves a good cackle a cacophony <laughs> they love a cacophony is the word i'm looking for a cackles tragedy of Macbeth. i, I like a good cackle it's in, also in a, a good early early era blink 182 song production design is where we will end up here we get nouns from the art directors guild and we may again have a big four in production design as four of the major contenders were nominated at both the art directors guild and critics choice and there is obviously that historically that weirdly specific and and highly correlated crossover between production design at Critics' Choice and the eventual Oscars winner, which we'll talk about again someday. Uh, Plus, they each got a BAFTA long list spot and at least one win on the scoreboard. Those four movies are Dune, Nightmare Alley, French Dispatch, and West Side Story. I still want to see the Set Designers Guild chime in here, but Dune, yet again, is the critics' leader Mm -hmm. with seven wins. Uh, As opposed to sound, though, it is a tighter race in production design, I'd say, with uh, Dune and Nightmare Alley having a lot of wins, uh, as well as the French Dispatch. So Nightmare Alley has five, French Dispatch has four, West Side Story, one. So this uh, this uh, production design, I know you're coming this long and you're like, are these guys really going to go on about production design? Well, this could be a category in which we see the, the weakened state of West Side Story rear its head. If it's this and editing, you got, Spielberg pictures usually are taken very seriously in the editing category. And they usually take, I mean, cinematography and production design, Spielberg gets a lot of love in. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't go here, even though it has the win on its critics board, even though it does have one of the uh, stronger resumes... It could be a sign of things to come, and maybe West Side Story doesn't get those double-digit noms like you were talking about, Mike. Uh, there's four other BAFTA long-listed films that did get Directors Guild noms. Those are No Time to Die, that got contemporary feature film Licorice Pizza, which was gotten in the period feature film category at the ADGs. Tragedy of Macbeth is in the period feature film, and Cruella gets fantasy feature film recognition at the ADGs. Yeah, so those four probably have the strongest resumes, but the ADG did nominate quite a few BAFTA longlist snubs, like The Green Knight, Ghostbusters, Shang-Chi, Candyman, Don't Look Up, In the Heights, The Lost Daughter. They're all coming from the Guild, and The Green Knight is the only 
one of these BAFTA snubs with a crit critics win. So it's not like these movies are showing up at a lot of places. So I just always feel these categories are full of possibility, let's say. And that's why we got we to gotta beg Jazz to come back on uh, yeah. and explain it all to us. But uh, production design, if the James Bond production design is up, that's cool. I I think the the tragedy of Macbeth is is obvious. I think Cruella is fun. I I think production design has some some possibility if you know for that fifth nom there, based on you know what we're looking at. If if Dune, Nightmare Alley, French Dispatch are our strong guest, tragedy of Macbeth being the next one, there's there's an opening for a fifth spot. Could be fun. Green Knight is a little surprising. If you're going to nominate Green Knight, wouldn't you do it in costume or FX rather than production design? I guess the the castle and all that. That makes sense. They built a castle? Or mm-hmm. do they just go to a castle? That's the whole thing with production design. <laughs> you shouldn't be able just to already, go to a castle. <laughs> if you just go to the castle, then your location scouts and your uh, producers should get the credit, no? <laughs> and the lighting guy. I mean, I get the set decoration yeah. is always involved i made this castle <laughs> remember remember the favorite castle was really or no spencer's castle we were joking that it was a dave and busters in germany yeah yeah <laughs> like if you took that day if you took dave and busters and made it into like queen victoria's mm. a boy and i'm making up a word kept the papa shot yeah uh, that is a loaded Oscar race checkpoint for your taste. And you could tell how, how much information was packed in by how delirious we are towards the end of all of these episodes. That's Guys, right. as always, what matters most to us are your thoughts on these 10 Oscar categories that we kind of previewed here in these nine different guilds. Let us know where do you think we're right, wrong. Uh, did we hit or miss anything? Let us know all of that. As well as you can leave us comments, questions, or concerns about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MMN Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either Spotify or the Apple podcast app, if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, if you appreciate what we do here, we would truly appreciate that from you. Michael, big episode. What's coming next? And let's have some words of wisdom to go out on. Well, we got a clear uh, path forward. We got a Sundance variety show. I watched 28 Sundance films. Mad it's man. not the 70 films that Mr. Neglia is watching over there. <laughs> that dude has the most cinematic endurance of, of anybody yeah. I've ever seen, but I, I didn't have the whole week to watch them. I, I, I'm glad I did 28 this year, not 39 like last year, but the 28 films, I got off to a rough start. I had a fast, cool, fun finish with a, a couple movies in a row that I really love. Good. So, uh, I'm excited to do this Sundance review with you. Uh, you're going to quiz me, test me, <laughs> ask me a bunch of crazy questions. Then we'll do some fun segments that we did the last time we had a film festival movie review bundle kind of thing. Uh, I don't we, know if we've decided on those. But last year we did a Shark Tank pitch style segment and a countdown kind of thing there at the end. So if you're game or if you want to just invent weird shit to do i'm i'm game so i'm just happy you didn't take up drinking this time i was drinking a lot in the beginning but i ran <laughs> out i ran i had to go on a beer run and i just got so lazy i'm like i'm not going so that actually stopped because i'm not a big drinker but the early there was like i was like oh for five mm. to start things off i'm like this is happening again <laughs> Look, it's happening I think, again 
<laughs> I think Sundance was fun. It was it was worth the time. I, I saw some really cool movies, and I'm I'm anxious to talk about it. I do think we got some obligatory Oscars programming that that that's fun every year for us too. Though we have uh, we have the BAFTA noms coming out middle of next week, and we're gonna take that and combine it with our Oscar nomination prediction show because we have to, and because. I think it's it, it matters. I think the the BAFTA, especially the way they have the voting this year, is going to really factor in quite a bit uh, in terms of crossover. We know that the academies have a lot of people in common there, so may, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's famous, you know. It'll be famously hilarious how bad our predictions are, Michael. But we're going to predict <laughs> these these Oscars, and then we got the nominations, you know, on an Oscar Tuesday morning on February eighth coming up. It is the sprint. As it always is, uh, well, I guess this time of year or close to this time of year. Yeah, it's still the end of January, so we're we're doing it. Yeah, it's right. wise to buckle up and uh, because I forgot to give words of wisdom and have have patience and just yeah, getting some movie watching shape. You know, you got to get back. You know, your movie watching muscles again. Like you can't watch for shit right now. I you're, can't. I, this, you're a weakling. This watch at home stuff is killing me. I can't, this watch I, at yeah, home stuff is hard. I can't do it. I just I get distracted by absolutely everything and. I just refuse. That's that's how it is. So this could be the Oscars year. I just don't watch like a majority of the best picture noms. <laughs> you imagine. I'm the dope. Is this going to get to a point where I'm just like, oh, really? Is that your take? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I then. I watched House of Gucci to. and I was like, this should win best picture. And then I stopped watching movies. <laughs> no, I've seen enough. Watch. You have to watch Tragedy of Macbeth. You have to watch it now. <laughs> Guys, when reality sucks, you can come round up the Guild News with Oscar, Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.